The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. It is not that frequent that I get the opportunity and the privilege to interview those with their finger in the pulse of what is truly happening around us worldwide. By popular demand, tonight we open a window into the world of the well-known and respected platform SGT Report. SGT Report is the corporate propaganda antidote, providing exclusive original content and interviews with some of the best-known voices in the world of economics and precious metals. It is your daily source of our truth in a time of universal deceit. As the global economic outlook continues to deteriorate, SGT Report urges its readers to prepare for seismic shifts in the global financial system and to prepare for the end of the U.S. dollar's reign as the world's reserve currency. If you're a newcomer, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can subscribe with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Divinia Water, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Fabregas. Tonight's special guest is Sean from SGT Report. Sean obtained his degree in journalism from the University of Wisconsin in the late 90s and then worked as a producer and director for 20 years, including 10 years making commercials for the iconic Target Corporation. After leaving Target and while continuing to direct commercials in 2010, Sean founded SGT Report on YouTube and sgtreport.com to combat corporate propaganda and the endless lies coming from the mockingbird mainstream news media. SGT Report is a daily source for real news and truth in a time of nearly universal deceit. Sean also founded two other truth news websites, thefacer.com and the Liberty mill.com. Sean joins us directly from somewhere in the good old United States. Hello, Sean, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Well, I'm good. I'm really good. Thanks for having me on, Mel. I'm a big fan of yours, and I've uh, listened to you for many years. Well, thank you. I'm honored to hear that. It's a, it's a privilege. I've been following your work for years, and people are all the time saying, hey, did you listen to, to Sean and SGT? And of course, I listen to you and, and watch a lot of your videos. First, I know that my audience knows you, but there's we have a lot of people from all over the world. And if there's anybody out there who doesn't know you, I want to know your story, Sean. And, and first of all, let me just say this for the record. I envy the fact that you decided from the very beginning to remain anonymous. Because if, if I had a wish right now of what I do, it would be just that. And people might say to me, oh, but Mel, you, 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 you tell your name. That gives a lot of truth. No, folks, you have no idea what that does to your personal life. So for me, if I could turn back time, 
I would have done it with a pseudonym, just like many people write great books using a pseudonym. But let's go back in time and tell me about the beginning. Just tell me your story, first of all. Wow. Um, well, thanks for saying that. Uh, it is interesting about sort of trying to preserve some of your anonymity to the degree that, uh, you know, I have a family. Um, I still have uh, a couple of minor kids, uh, a couple of whom are no longer minor kids. So I'm aging myself here. But, uh, you know, from the beginning, I kind of always wanted to protect their privacy to the degree that I knew early on. And when I say early on, it was really the awakening that took place after the events of 9-11, Mel. I don't know what your awakening was like, but without 9-11 having happened, I'm not sure I would have woken up as soon as I woke up, and certainly not in the way that I woke up. So early on when I realized uh, that uh, another building had collapsed that day, uh, World Trade Center 7, at 5.20 or so in the afternoon, when I realized that, and I realized the mainstream media wasn't reporting about it, I knew something was wrong. And then when I discovered that the BBC had reported about the collapse of that building about 20 minutes prior to the collapse of World Trade Center 7, with Jane Stanley, the BBC reporter, famously reporting, quote-unquote, live from New York City with the World Trade Center 7, known as the Solomon Brothers Building, standing behind her, and she's reporting that that building had just collapsed. Quote, details are sketchy, she said. Well, you bet they were sketchy details because the building was still smoking behind her, Mel. And 20 minutes later, the building collapsed. So I quickly realized that this was going to be an epic battle between the forces of light and the forces of darkness. And when I tried to wake up friends, neighbors, and colleagues to what I had discovered about the 9-11 story, I was working at, at Target at the time, as you mentioned. And these are really close friends of mine, people I played poker with, buddies. I was an executive at uh, Target, creative director for years, making commercials. And these were trusted friends. And when I showed them the collapse of World Trade Center 7, they thought, hmm, well, you know what? Planes hit buildings that day, falling debris, so what? And then when I showed them the clip of uh, the BBC reporting about the collapse of that building early, one of my friends said, how do you know this is real? This looks like a doctored clip. How do you know that's not green screen? So I immediately found myself up against cognitive dissonance. And the more I spoke out about that event in the workplace as an executive, the less popular I became. Uh, you tend not to want to get on the, um, the bad side of a corporation talking about quote unquote conspiracy theories. And so once I started to make videos and I started my YouTube channel, I made the choice to just do so um, as SGT, you know, I, which are my initials, um, you know, for those who have served in our military, God bless you and uh, thanks for your service. SGT does not stand for Sergeant Report. They are my initials. I had a best friend in high school who used to call me SGT uh, and I would call him CKM occasionally. That's sort of a thing we had and a bunch of us would go by our initials. So anyway, when I started the YouTube thing, I didn't know it would turn into anything of size or substance, but I wanted to share these stories about the Patriot Act, about the John Warner Defense Authorization Act, about the Military Commissions Act, all of which rolled out after 9-11 on the back of that story. And I wanted people to understand we were giving up our rights based on a false narrative, based on a story that did not stand up to scrutiny, the 9-11 story. 
And so that's why I sort of tried to remain um, not so much anonymous, but I didn't want to call attention to me and my name. To me, the stories I was going to tell and the news I wanted to present was bigger than any one person. So it wasn't wasn't about getting famous. Um, And my hat's off to people who do use their full names. Um, I think Mark Dice, I think that is his real name. He used to go by, um, what did he used to go by? The uh, Terminator John... John, the name escapes me. The Terminator character is the name he used to go by, but now he goes by Mark Dice. And uh, other truth tellers out there like Dan Bongino doing a fantastic job. My hat's off to him. Absolutely. Um, But for me personally, I was trying to protect my ability to continue to work in the commercial industry. First of all, I had to protect my ability to make a living for my family. And number two, trying to protect my minor children and their privacy from what I knew was going to become ad hominem attacks hurled at any of us who dared question official stories and narratives, Mel. First of all, 9-11 was what did it for me as well. I had a, a sibling that came to me a few weeks after the event and sent me a PowerPoint presentation that showed that no plane had crashed at the Pentagon. And with all the logistics and all the physics behind it and the cognitive dissonance just came upon me. And I said, how dare you insinuate that our well-intentioned government had anything to do with this? And shortly after, I stopped talking to him for a while. And shortly after, I started looking into it in silence and researching and researching. And it's when the eureka moment came to me. and, And I thought, things are not as they appear. And I thought, oh my goodness. But also in 1998 is when I left a Fortune 100 company and it took me 10 years. I I became an entrepreneur at that time, but it took me 10 years before I started Veritas. Otherwise, I probably would have became anonymous. But thank goodness that I did not work for somebody else because otherwise I would be unemployed. And as right now, I'm unemployable because of this. All you have to do is just Google my name and that's it. Anybody, you know, from both sides of the spectrum, everybody would look at, at what we discuss and they just, uh, people who are not ready, who people who run with the herd are not ready to wake up. And this is why a lot of philosophers who I talk to say to me, if they're not ready to be woken, then you just have to present the facts and let them do it when they're ready to do it. But, you know, in my philosophy, if I see my neighbor's house that's burning down, my job is to go knock on the door and say there's smoke coming out of, out of your house. If they decide not to yield to what I'm saying, then it's, it's them. What do you think? Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And um, it's interesting to hear your story about that. You know, your cognitive dissonance in your upbringing, in your indoctrination uh, prevented you from even entertaining the idea that 9-11 could have been anything other than what we were told. And, you know, at that point, I think back in time, as we look back at 9-11 in the months and years after, one of the first people to use the term or coin the term deep state was Peter Dale Scott. And he would talk about the deep state. And I would read his articles and I would report about his articles and activities and, and things being rolled out by the deep state. And so I think it's really powerful to talk about 9-11 as um, a defining day in human history that woke so many of us up. And believe me, I didn't wake up on 9-11 that day. But what happened to me specifically on that day is I was home 
and I had the Today Show on, and I was getting ready. And I wasn't at the time a big Today Show watcher. I just like to have you know morning news on whatever. But it was the Today Show, and you know they broke in, and then they said something crazy is happening happening in New York. It appears that um, some sort of airplane has hit the World Trade Center. Let's go live, and they cut. Now, obviously, that alone is jarring. I've never seen anything like that in my life. And so while I was watching it, I called a buddy of mine, uh, my closest friend at the time, and I told him, Dave is his name, and I said, Dave, are you watching this? And he's like, no, what's up? I'm driving, he's a salesman. Uh, I said, well, turn on the radio because something crazy is happening in New York City. They say a plane hit the World Trade Center, but it's a beautiful blue sky day. So there's no way that this could have happened by accident, in my opinion. This is just nuts. Um, so I wonder if it's like a suicide bomber plane or some type of thing. And we're having this conversation. And as we're having the conversation and sort of talking about how strange this is, the second plane hit the second tower, Mel. And if I had been sitting in a chair, I would have fallen out of it. And I said to him at that point, I said, <clears throat> this, this is an attack. This is obviously coordinated. And uh, so just for the audience's sake, part of the reason that I did so much research about this is that I said goodbye to my friend, Dave. I said, I'll call you back in the car. I'm going to go to work. I knew I didn't have to go to work, but I wanted to be around my other friends that I was close with, some of whom I've mentioned here earlier, my poker buddies. So I get in the car and I'm driving to work. And um, I guess I don't fully remember. I must have had on AM radio or news radio or been listening to the reports, but it wasn't until I got to work that I had realized or found out that both towers collapsed. Now, that made absolutely no sense to me. So even though I watched in real time the planes being hit, I didn't watch them collapse in real time. So when I got to work, I had already sort of in my head gone through the, um, the subsequent weeks in which they would rebuild these towers because there was no way they were going to collapse, Mel. That wasn't even within the realm of possibility in my thinking. It'd be like having a 100-year oak tree in your backyard and somebody blows a little hole through the top, you know, 80% of it right at the very top, the whole tree's not going to collapse in right. on itself down to the ground. So I'd already thought about how are they going to rebuild these towers and fix these? It's strange to think that, you know, a year from now they will have done that and people will be back in the towers. I get to work and I'm told both towers are gone. That didn't make any sense. So that contributed to my head scratching uh, about that day. And then subsequently I couldn't grab, I couldn't get my mind around the idea that people would willingly jump out of those towers because, you know, they weren't towering infernos at that point. Those fires burned out pretty quickly. And yet people were jumping out of those towers like they couldn't take the heat. And that didn't make any sense to me. And then we find out about architects and engineers for truth. And we find out about all the research, the thermite, the nanothermite being found in the dust, none of it being reported by the mainstream media. And then you realize that maybe the towers were so hot inside because they were little, literally melting um, steel cores were melting on purpose to bring the towers down. All sorts of theories about how those towers were brought down, including uh, mini nukes in the basement. But the bottom line is, had that day not happened in the way that it happened, I wonder how many people would still be asleep. And I think the good news is, Mel, people are waking up literally in droves. People all over the world are waking up to this hidden government, this shadow hand, this uh, shadow government, which also, I think, is or wants to be a global government, a one world government. 
And people around the world are rebelling against that idea. And so I think it's really important that people like you and me and other people in the truth media, which Google is actively trying to silence, YouTube is actively trying to silence, it's super important that we have these conversations in the hopes that we might wake up another hundred or thousand people. Let's talk about the censorship in a moment, but let me just say this. I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the air, but that week of 9-11, my wife and I had a vacation plan to Europe. And uh, they canceled the flights, and our our flight was one of the first planes to leave the United States. So we went to uh, Switzerland and some other places. But I remember vividly being in a boat in the Rhine in Switzerland. And at that time, all Americans that were traveling would stick to each other. I remember this because of what happened. It felt like, you know, their family, let's just stick around. And I remember this couple next to me. His name was Walt, the husband, and he was former military And he said to me, what you saw on TV is not what they're telling you. And believe me, at that time, I was so brainwashed and I was listening. Like, there's no way those buildings would have fallen. He told me all those things that we're discussing years later. And he said, it's a joke that they all of a sudden said, Osama bin Laden working from a cave. And I'm thinking, this is a form of military telling me all this going against the narrative. But, you know, I I kind of ignored him, but never forgot what he said. I just wanted to send that out to people out there because I don't think I've ever shared that story, how some people are so open open in their mind, especially if you have been working for the military, you know what's afoot. But censorship, you have suffered it. I have suffered it. Many of our colleagues have suffered it. How, how, how are you doing with censorship these days? Well, it hasn't chilled my speech so far, but you can definitely see I'm, I'm not sure how you feel about YouTube, and I know you've got your own uh, pirate ship, is what Adam Carolla likes to describe his uh, <laughs> right. podcast as being. You've built your own pirate, pirate ship where people have to come to you to get the content, and that's quite brilliant. Um, and I might eventually get there. I mean, I am on Patreon and stuff like that, and of course all my videos all automatically get posted to BitChute, um, but YouTube is still the biggest public square in the world. And, you know, last year I was adding 30 to 40,000 new subscribers per month and I was kind of excited about it. Even my kids started to take notice and they were asking me, dad, when do you think you'll get to a million subscribers? (laughs) And as I did the math, I thought probably early 2020, Mel, maybe even sooner than that, late 2019, early 2020. Um, And uh, that's not going to happen now. (laughs) They've got me down to between 1,000, and this past month I got a little better, 4,000 new subscribers. But um, when YouTube announced they were changing their algorithms in January of uh, this year, they were very uh, explicit about it and very specific. And they said that they were going to change their algorithms to filter out what they call misinformation. And when I say they, I mean YouTube and their trusted partners like the ADL and Snopes and whoever else they employ to make these decisions. So the conversation that you and I are having that has so far been couched around 9-11 and false flag terror, this video would be deemed not suitable for most advertisers on YouTube. So number one, you couldn't get any advertising revenue from it. And number two, it might be... um, I don't know, restricted, age restricted, certainly shadow banned, because since we are not supporting the official narrative, the narrative that would be supported by Snopes and the ADL regarding 9-11, this is considered misinformation. The conversation we're having, two educated, 
passionate, informed adults, Mel and I, this is considered misinformation by YouTube. So it begs the question, how accurate? Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.